The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. That's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. Hello, Walker! So sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! <laughs> 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, Somebody that, a weakness, that knew all Darby's weaknesses, 
Is that who it is? Wait, Cole Carter? From the factory? Cole Carter from the factory? Cole Carter from the factory knows him? This is a, a Darby? Oh, maybe he does know the weakness of Darby. Maybe. Well, you know what Darby's weakness is? Getting a four-on-one beatdown. Oh, here we go. It's Sting! Here it comes! And they're off to meet him. Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, setting him singing Cole Carter. Well, it'd be a four-on-one deal. It's Cal Satin, the mess.
Welcome back to Dynamite Live from Baltimore. And there's Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson taking in the proceedings here tonight. The man that was getting the MVP chance a few moments ago. But here's our MVP, Tony Schiavone. <laughs> Saturday, November 19th on pay-per-view. It is full gear in the main event for the AEW world title. John Moxley of the Blackpool Combat Club against MJF, Lord Regal. Mr. Schiavone, after what I witnessed last week, it just showed me, dear Max, that you have all the potential in the world, but you still have a long way to go to being a true villain. At full gear, all the potential in the world isn't going to help you become the AEW world champion when you have to face a real demon in John Moxley. Big match set up for our main event and full gear. Listen! Listen! Yo! Yo! Acclaimed on the mic and we ill with the wordplay. Make some noise cause it's Billy Gunn's birthday. And I hope you don't feel vexed. We didn't get a cake cause it wasn't in your meal prep. Swerve's acting like he's on drugs. I'ma make his ass pay like I'm Elon Musk. We'll beat his ass silly, and let's everybody say happy birthday to Billy. Well, this past Friday night at Rampage, we saw Swerve Strickland. I mean, a set of pliers on the hands of Billy Gunn. Well, that's why you see the hands of Billy Gunn, to your point, is he's all taped up, he's, they're all shattered up and whatnot. Can't do the scissor me, you know what I mean? The scissor me daddy, scissor me daddy F. How's he gonna do the scissor me, you know what I mean? How's he gonna get the hands? What's scissor for? You and me, No. So glad that you're enthusiastic because it's been a very, very tough weekend for us all. Because last Friday on Rampage, Sneaky Swerve, Sneaky Swerve did some damage to Daddy Ass's fingers, and now he can't scissor. Oh, fate worse than and scissoring is taking over the world. We're seeing in the World Series. It's in arenas everywhere. Ain't that right, cameraman? But of course, we can't have a daddy-ass birthday bash without scissoring, which is why the acclaimed are starting this party off hot with gift number one. It's the brand new acclaimed Foam scissor fingers. So that when a snake like Sneaky Swerve breaks your hands, you can still scissor me, Daddy. Shopaew.com. <laughs> There's a lot of great signs 
in the crowd tonight. A lot of the Scissor Me Daddy Ass shirts, a lot of scissors, all to celebrate Daddy Ass. It really is true. It really is true that AEW now stands for Acclaimed Every Wednesday. And not only that, it's just a fact of life that everyone loves the Acclaimed! And everyone daddy, everyone loves daddy ass, so... Who brought gifts for daddy? Throw up your signs, throw up your scissors. Who wants to give daddy ass a gift? I see some scissors. I see happy birthday, daddy ass. Scissor me, tempers, Max. Grab a gift. Okay, I'm gonna go out to the floor. We're gonna see who's got the best gift for daddy ass. What do you see? I see a sneaky swerve dartboard. Scissors for daddy. So Billy, happy birthday from that kid and everyone here in Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, oh, we're not done, Billy. Hey, we're not done. No, we're far from done. Listen, you've been in this business over 30 years and you've accomplished a lot. You are an 11-time Tag Team Champion. That's right. A two-time Tag Team of the Year. That's right. And in 2006, you were voted a part of the worst worst segment of all time. That's right. It was like a reverse battle royal or something. I don't know. But most importantly, you are a Hall of Famer, a stand-up guy, and you are this. This. You are the world's greatest daddy. <laughs> the world's greatest grandpa only gets a mug. The world's greatest daddy gets a trophy test. It's and impressive. It's impressive. We have one final thing. To be honest with you, I planned so much more tonight. I had special guests from Daddy Ass's past, but unfortunately, two canceled last minute, and the rest were kind of upset. You didn't go to the reunion, but. <laughs> but most importantly, most importantly, over the last couple months, you've been a mentor, you've been a father figure to us, and you have absolutely meant the world. So, our final gift is gonna touch the soul, because Max and I have filed a ton of paperwork, and what I have in my hands right here is a certificate of adoption. This is amazing, whoa! 
and the Sultan of Scissor, Anthony Bowens, has signed it. Platinum Max has signed it. I know it's kind of hard, but all we need is a signature from you. What do you think? A lot of pressure on Billy here. Oh, I mean, his thumbs still work. He could probably hold a pen. I get to be your daddy? Hold on. Hold on. It's Colton and Austin gun. Billy's sons by birth. Lucky Billy. Well, he did this on it, so yeah, lucky Billy. I'm sorry, but did our invitation get lost in the mail? We didn't get invited to your birthday party? Dad, we're your sons. Good point. All right, well, even though we didn't get invited, being that we're your lovable sons, we got you a gift. Uh-oh, oh, 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 oh. Bill Morrison, Morrison, he yes. just leveled Billy Gunn with that, that high boot, and now the Guns and Morrissey, part of the firm, just attacking the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. Serious beatdown right now on the acclaimed and Gunn, to your point. Man, oh man, this came out of nowhere by the Guns. What a gift to their dad, that big Morrissey. Uh-oh. Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, FTR, the team that has been in the sights of the guns over the last few weeks. And now, no, look at this, the firm just taking a powder. Well, they got out of there. I don't blame them, they did their damage. The guns and Big Bill, and well, why not? Get the hell out. Well, and remember, it was last week where the guns cost FTR the number one contendership for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Those are the titles you look at FTR and holding those World Tag Team titles. They, they have, you know, they're looking at them like, well, we want these. And FTR, oh, look at this, man. A, a little tension there, but. You, you love so good to me.
Hello everyone and welcome to the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish. I'm your host Jimmy T and my co-host we got a super fucking panel over here. We got to my right, he's fucking evil, he's jerking the jerking, he's the evil dose Jeff Lippman. Welcome back to the skirmish and what's cracker lacking? Double jerking the jerking is double J. Ah, ain't he great? But down bottom, he is a super dad. He's Mr. AMBS. Hey, look, his shirt says it all. He's Mr. Christopher Ams. Welcome back to your show, Chris. And how's things, man? It's been a while once again, and we miss you, my friend. Yeah, things are uh, things are all right, Jimmy. It's uh, it's a busy time in my life. I'm uh, trying to get ready for this obstacle course again, so I'm just running every day like an idiot. I hate it. Um, also, if I look tired, it's not that late. It's just the results of depression and being tired from running. Uh, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. Everything's good. Um, yep, I am back. I'm back. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be back. Oh, we're just happy that you are back, my friend. And guys, I'm just quietly. Kev, I know you can hear me right now, man. I feel bad that I haven't got any touch with you. I feel bad that I wasn't on the damn show, bro. But I'll, I'll talk to you after the show. It is what it is. Ask Jeff. But you know what, Jeff? He gives you 10 out of 10, my friend, because he wins his first dollar of the night. Does that mean we can... You know what it means. Oh, fine. I'd buy that for a dollar. (laughs) There you go. You bought that for a dollar. And guys, let's just change directions there for a minute because I just want to say one thing, man, because what the fuck was going on? I mean, whoa, can we hear that? Is that J-E-double-F-J-A- Double R, E double T, is that fucking Jeff Jarrett? Ain't he fucking great, Jeff? He's named he's after great. you. He's fucking great. I mean, seriously, it's it's inarguable at this point. Indubitably. Wow, Chris, is it Jeff Jarrett's fucking world? And as Jeff Jarrett, I mean, is there anyone in 2022 that's had a better year? Then J A double R E double T in Jarrett. Then Jeff Jarrett. I mean, seriously, he's been in every promotion. He's been in fucking. He's a two-time Hall of Famer. Seriously, he's a two-time two-time Hall of Famer, and he's in a management role in fucking AEW. And hey, he looks fucking great. <laughs> I mean, he still basically looks exactly the same way he did in every other promotion that he's ever been a part of. I mean, he, I mean, to be fair, he must have peaked early because when he was 25, he looked 45. And now that he's, what, almost 60, he still looks 45. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, this is the, the, the miraculous thing about Jeff Jarrett. Also, let me just quote Kevin Nash. He's broke a million guitars and never drew a dime. So, well, welcome to AEW, Jeff, I guess. Oh, or maybe, I mean, hey, he, if, if he hasn't drawn a dime, he sure has in 2022. Let's be honest. And heck, it's arguable that he got the biggest pop of the fucking night. I mean, Jeff, did he not get the biggest pop of the night? 
I gotta say that the, the beginning part of this show was my favorite part of the show, for better or worse. And I guess, audience, if you stick with us, you'll find out. But yeah, you got a pretty big, big, damn big pop, which is not unusual when the former, you know, people who are legends of WWE. Yeah, so I hear people go, he was the TNA Impact and he was in Memphis before. Okay, he's famous from WWE. Okay, get over it. But, um,. He was famous from WWE. Come on. He's famous for losing to China. Let's be real. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, and for that, you know, broke a thousand guitars, never drew a dime. But um, listen, the wrestling boom from seven years ago, they said, Global Force Wrestling, selling 100 tickets in minor league stadiums, Hawking Gold, still giving those uh, <laughs> he, He's probably made some Tony Khan Kruger ads. I, 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 I don't know. He definitely made a deal with the devil because he does look exactly the same. If anything, he looks better. He does. He fucking does. I, I hate to say it, but what, what, he and he's fucking more artificially crazy. yellow. His hair <laughs> or Powerhouse Hobbs's expanding chains. <laughs> that looks like the fakest gold I've ever seen in my life. Well, now he's got three. Just quietly, he had, he had one last week. Now he's got three. It's, I guess it's the only gold we'll get. <laughs> I don't know, but. It's he's too yellow. To ask Jeff Jarrett. I don't know. All I know is TK better be careful because if Jeff Jarrett ain't gonna fucking play some ace up his sleeve, and I'm not talking about aces and eights. Oh my! I'm God. Imagine he tries to do the hostile takeover, Jeff. I, I lost track because I just came up with a new segment, which is Mr. TK, where we have M- Mr. T's voice on, on T- Tony Khan. I'm beating the fools <laughs> <laughs> and hugging people. You know what? You know what, guys? Maybe we should have a new segment, and we should call it. Not only have we got because I started a new segment called "Is He's a Man." The "He's a Man" segment, right? Obviously, you know how that goes. But maybe we got the "Any Great" segment that we should be fucking concentrating on. If someone does great, he's great. He gets a Jeff Jarrett Award. I Chris. just think that we should have a different special announcement every week, and each and each week make them less and less important. Maybe that's, maybe that's what happens when you have a special announcement every single week. It's the same thing when uh, you know if you have a special at your restaurant, but it's the same special every day for two years, it ceases to be special. Well, I guess TNA is back in AEW, and it sounded feel like TNA. It never left. It never, it left. never left. It's really it's Ring of Honor slash TNA. It feels nothing like AEW anymore. I'm telling you guys, it, it's not AEW. This AEW thing, until Kenny and the fucking, you know, the Hardly Boys, as Cornette likes to call them, the Hardly Boys, until they come back, it really feels like fucking TNA circa 2006. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why they take it out of being TNA any more than anybody else. I mean, they were Generation Me, and Omega was yes. an Impact champion. Yeah, but technically he was never part of uh, Impact Wrestling or TNA for that matter. But he was the Impact World Champion for like eight months. That's so true. I'm, he was. So, sir, but, you explain to me how you cannot technically be part of Impact Wrestling yet their World Heavyweight Champion for the better part of a year. My bad. My bad. <laughs> it is what it is. It's true. But like, I, it just it is bizarre land for me. I just don't understand. And don't get me wrong. I, I don't think Jeff Jarrett is such a bad acquisition in many ways right he really isn't all right we love to give him shit you know everyone loves giving him shit 
But really, when you really think about it, I'm sure he's got a great mind for the business, right? As long as he's not selfish. But then again, he still looks like a million bucks. So who knows what we're going to get on television when it comes to Jeff Jarrett. But for some reason... Who knows? We're going to get Jeff Jarrett versus Sting. I mean, that's what we're going to get. I mean, come on. Uh, But uh, I I don't know if he's got a great mind for the business, but he's got a great mind for survival. That's for damn sure. (laughs) And and perseverance. And there's something to that. I don't know if he's good at anything, but I I don't know. He He just took over Dan Lambert's character and, you know, does it with a better physique. Ah, man, and he called everybody a fucking slap nut once again. Well, we are. Fucking, we sure are. But you know what? We'll get into that proper, but I'm just shocked that he's back. And in the other shocking announcement, guys, we got a piece of bread that is going to be debuting on Friday night on Rampage. Oh, did I say bread? I mean Shibata, not Shibata. Shibata. Do you mean Soraya? Katsuri. <laughs> Soraya. Katsuri Shibata. Not Chibata. Yeah, I know it sounds like a soup or some sort of delicacy, but why? Why is he the number one contender, Chris? Why are we having a man that literally has no fucking forehead? Like, he's one kick or punch away from the frontal lobe area of being dead, Chris. Because, but- because whoever's in charge of medical at AEW truly doesn't give a shit if someone dies on television i mean that's i don't i don't know how else to put it i mean every single like we can name off a list of people who weren't cleared in wwe and just very quickly cleared to do whatever the fuck they want in AEW. i mean you know Paige is there now they've got katsuyori shibata and it's like man have a little care about what happens because if you because if you're the wrestling promotion that has somebody die on live tv like sometime in this generation you're not going to recover from it the wwe was really only able to recover because of how the world was back then during during you know what what happened with owen right right or they're lucky and they're fucking lucky because if that happened now like in today's times imagine owen dying now No. In the same I mean, sort of scenario. No, it's you're cancelled. Your whole company is cancelled. Everything about you is cancelled at that oh point. I mean, if Katsuyori Shibata dies because he takes a fucking pile driver or something, AEW is fucked forever in the public sphere. They'll never be able to get anyone else on board in terms of... I, and I mean, I don't know. It's like they shoot themselves in the foot about this kind of stuff all the time. Everybody's out there saying, asshole, asshole, asshole. And it's like, well... Okay, one, you're going to lose audience because, uh, you know, me as a dad with, you know, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't need to see people <laughs> bleeding every single fucking week, all that kind of stuff. But B, you're also going to lose lots of opportunities for selling your fucking time slots. There's there's a lot Absolutely. of companies that are going to watch five minutes of AEW and go, mm, no. So never mind if somebody like Shibata or Paige winds up with, winds up taking fucking brain damage or something live on TV there's a whole other list of companies that are just going to go don't put my fucking commercial on during this time slot don't it's even worse I mean at least with Paige slash Soraya at least she has some element of fame she is known to wrestling fans they made a movie about her didn't do particularly well but at least she's somebody 
Shibata isn't known by anyone in this country. There's no American wrestling fan that was a fan of Shibata whenever the last time he wrestled was that doesn't already watch AEW. Nobody knew who he was. He got absolutely no reaction. I mean, he doesn't look like a star, and he comes out with the best friends in Rocky Romero, so he doesn't even get the shine because we're distracted by two idiots in, in tie-dye outfits, and then Rocky Romero going like, what, what's this guy's angle? Because he's always got an angle. So that's taken away. And, you know, at least they're putting him with a big, strong, young guy who doesn't use DDTs who can handle it and, and carry him if the move goes a little bit wrong, you know, Oh, wait, they've got him with a 140-pound guy who all he does is throw his tornado DDTs and flying moves and was trained in the Indies isn't exactly <laughs> safe. The, the stipulation to this match was that whoever won gets to have a match with their dream opponent. So somehow they knew who Orange Cassidy's dream opponents were going to be, so they must have also known who... That he was going to win the match? Right. Or they also flew in like Luchasaurus's dream opponent and Fenix's dream opponent. They were just all waiting there in the back. And and yes, and, and they you know, or they knew he was gonna win somehow, I don't know, and and managed to get it in there in enough time with the contract with his name on it that looked totally official. Um Jesus Christ. I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. I mean this we were told there was going to be a big surprise and a big announcement. We never really got an announcement, and we got a whole bunch of little surprises. I, and I'm not sure which was intended to be the big surprise. I think in Tony Khan's mind, Shibata was the big surprise. But, I mean, this is not a debate we should have. If, if there's something that Brian Alvarez is saying everyone's going to be talking about, there should be one thing that we know everybody's talking about. I think the one thing everybody's talking about is they put Cole Caban out there and basically they gave the the figurative FU to, to CM Punk right there on the air. Well, there was one more surprise, if you want to call it that, but he's more like a hostage because we had <laughs> Malaka Black appearing once again with the House of Black getting reincarnated. I mean, the poor guy wants to get the fuck out of your company, Tony. I mean, but instead, you put him in a vignette. But you know what? Look, it's it's Malachi's fault. Can, he can signed we, a long-term... Co- let's oh, just that? start at the beginning, because we are everywhere. Oh, no. Because there's every segment here deserves its, its attention, oh, right. and, and the audience deserves an organized effort here, because I got things to say about that, and I have other things. I mean, listen, let's just, let's just take it from the top. All right, let's do work. that. While I was planning on going unorganized because and bipolar, I was going to do a bipolar show, Jeff, because that's all we got. We're going to call it seismic from now and not bipolar. Okay, so right. no more trouble. bipolar. You're right. You're right. I did get into trouble, by, by the way. But anyway, seismic. that's true. That's true. And uh, just quietly, look, we're going to talk Jared again. But we come from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena in your neck of the woods, Jeff, in Baltimore, MD. And uh, we start Can off. Can I clarify a few things here? Because what's that? This is not Baltimore. This was Baltimore County. This is Catonsville. They were on the campus of the. Why do they always Maryland, fucking do this shit? Baltimore they County, always do this. The home of the Retrievers, not the Terrapins. The Retrievers. This is where Ring of Honor shows. I've I've been to many a pay per view there and an NXT show there. No, no, no I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. Not NXT. Um, but 
this this how this is not the Baltimore Arena, the one downtown where Full Gear was. That's where I thought it was going to be. So parking's free here, um, and it's perfectly lovely. It's perfectly safe. There's public transportation. There's bus lines that run right there. It's right off of the belt, the Baltimore Beltway, which is sort of the divider between the not exactly the county and the city, and it's on a, a college campus. Um, point is, it's easy to get to. Parking is free. And they sold about 2,200 tickets as of yesterday in the afternoon. And they released about 33 or 3,400. The, the, the place can seat more. Uh, I don't know how many tickets they did not make available. And I'm not sure how much bigger AEW setup is than, say, Ring of Honors that you just can't use for wrestling. But there's also floor seats that you can't use for basketball. So the place can probably seat 4,500. So they didn't even try. So the place was half empty, uh, but even out of what they sold, they sold about two thirds of it. Um, so. Well, so I, I was going to say, I was going to say, to be honest, Jeff, the, the arena looked a lot smaller than usual to me, man. Yes, it was. Yeah. Like it feels like, how, how, how many people did it hold? You said, um, you know, if it's a basketball game and so all the seats are available, I think it seats about 4,700 capacity. You know, oh, I was going to say, and that's with the floor seats, like, there, you, right. you can seat a few hundred more people, but you also close. You know, AEW's got that pretty big ramp, and right, you know, right. they're, they're, they're you know the good guy and the bad guy There's tunnels. Stage and all behind that. it, yeah, 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 because that place looks like it holds fifteen hundred, if that, to me. But I don't know. That's just me. Maybe it was I was watching it on the PC, so who knows? But uh, yeah, let's get into it. We got our first matchup of the evening, and it is Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal. Now. Under normal circumstances, I couldn't care less about this match, but we get some fucking hanky panky going on at the end of the match because after Jay Lethal gets the win by pinfall with the lethal injection, which kind of surprised me just quietly, and before I get into the you know the real good bits, what made me laugh was Darby bouncing off Santam Singh during that match, Jeff. I mean. <laughs> He's no sold it like a champ. I hate Satnam Singh, but that fucking made me laugh. I mean, what'd you think of that little spot? I love that spot, and I actually enjoyed this match, and I wasn't looking forward to it at all. I'm not even talking about the scrum afterwards. I was pleasantly surprised by this match. I thought it worked really well. Jay Lethal was doing the heel thing. Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt, who are not fans of either of them, but they played their roles well. Uh, this was the match where we were supposed to find out something from... Darby's past, a secret that Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt knew, so we were led to believe it would be someone from the Indies who maybe were an impact, a ring of honor that Darby knew, you know, and we were going to get some surprise here. Um, not exactly what we, what we got, but we got a wrestler trying to turn the story. It, it, it wasn't very well done, but it was it wasn't as bad as Eddie Kingston with the PTSD from prison on the exploding thing. Uh, and oh, I would say it's wasn't i would say it's equal to or slightly better than whatever they're trying to do with the miz and loomis right now so i'm going to give it a little bit of pass of being typical wrestle logic meh um but the scrum afterwards i mean well first we share what chris says but i actually really enjoyed this match and i too was surprised to see jay lethal get the win in heel fashion but clean in the middle of the ring thank you great chris before we get to the meaty bite uh, what did you think of this matchup anyway, man? I agree with Jeff, actually. Uh, I thought that the match was actually really good. I thought that this was a, a good example of what can happen when you let Jay Lethal figure shit out in the ring. 
Um, the guy is just a stud when it comes to in-ring work. He's great. He deserves a bigger push than he's going to get in AEW. Um, in terms of his talent, um, this was this was match one, and we're already starting off with outside interference, outside interference, outside interference. That is the theme of the day. It's um, surprises that weren't surprising and outside interference. Every goddamn match in this in this episode, um, it's diminishing returns. I'm just gonna say that right now. That's what happens when you do something over and over and over and over again. It's like the surprise roll-up. If you do that every match on a 14-match card, it's not surprising by match three. Um, the same thing with the outside interference. I thought that the spot for Satnam Sin was really good, but I also think that it lacks logic because at some point they're going to show us again uh, Darby Allen competing again with someone who's bigger than him and stronger than him and maybe not exactly the same size as a Satin Singh but someone who's certainly bigger and stronger than Darby Allen and they're going to try to convince us that Darby's able to hurt him because Darby you know really really tries and he puts all of his all of his weight and all of his effort into his moveset but he did that today and it got him nothing so it's just I hate that they I hate that they seem to be, every time they do something good, there's always a, yeah, but, to it. So, that's sort of what I thought about that spot. It was like, yeah, it's good, but, I mean, they're going to have them compete with fucking Luchasaurus in six months, and it won't be like that. So, there's no logic. It bothers me. But, yeah, let's get into, let's get into sting, not sting, almost sting kind of sting. Oh, well, speaking of sting... We had two dimes. I mean, uh, what was it? Carter? <laughs> Where the fuck his name is? But anyway, um, post Cole Carter. Post match, we get Sting, like as Chris said, gets in the ring and Dut Lethal and Sting hug him, and he takes his mask off, uh, mask off to reveal it's Cole Carter. As Sting music plays, but Sting isn't there. Jeff Jarrett though is in the ring. He gives Alan the old kabong with the fucking uh, with the good old guitar. Double J gets on the mic and tells Darby. He just got a lesson from the last outlaw, and whatever he worships becomes his weakness. Alan's blood pulls at the back of his skull as Jeff says, Sting has become Darby's greatest weakness. He calls out the locker room and every bozo and clown all the way up to production and down to the rabid delusional AEW fanbase, which I agree with, mind you. But as he continues, Jared says his family got into the wrestling business in back in 1946. And for over 75 years, wherever the Jarrett's went, they left an impact. Get it, guys? An impact. He's a two-time Hall of Famer. No, I can't 12... hear anything over this song. Well, you can hear it because... Don't worry, Jeff. It'll you be just low. responded to it, Jeff. Obviously, I know. you can hear it. But no, just quietly... It sounds louder than what it's going to be once it's finished. I don't know why it does that, but it is oh, what it great. is. great. No, it'll be lower when I release it. Anyway, who cares? Right, it's adding so much. The, it's Jeff Jarrett, damn it. Anyway, he's a 12-time heavyweight champion. He's a tw- for fuck's sake, Jeff, stop throwing me off. He's a 12-time heavyweight champion, and from day one, his fingerprints have been all over AEW. But before he's done with his place, there's going to be body bags, and we can all choke on that, you slap nuts. I mean, like I've said it a million fucking times, ain't he fucking great? I mean, Jeff, you're named after him. So what? I, 
You can't hear me now? Don't give me the stone cold. What? Listen, oh, Chris. Chris. First of all, I had no idea who Cole Carter was. I'm like, who's that idiot with Matt Taven's haircut? Um, <laughs> and then they said, is, is that Cole Carter from The Factory? So Cole Carter was introduced in The Trustbusters, in The Factory. Yes. And, and now he is in this group. So he's been in this company maybe three months, and he's in his third faction. And mind you, he hasn't even signed the contract yet. That well, I, I guess they're playing pass along with him. I don't know. A pretty young thing like that. I don't know. You know. Uh, yeah. And what you said about Jeff Jarrett, he said it. He delivered his lines well. Uh, he, you know, basically played Dan Lambert, except he's actually in the wrestling business. Dan Lambert just sort of plays around in the wrestling business and. And actually has other things to fall back on. Jeff Jarrett doesn't, so this is fine. And he's doing an office job also. So listen, I, I didn't mind the Jeff Jarrett thing. It's just we didn't need the fake Sting and Jeff Jarrett in the same uh, night. And neither one w of W all over again. Well, it was completely WCW. But I mean, right. you guys saying TNA is here, or it's always been. I, I've said from basically month two that aw has been wc uh, wcw 2000 and fast forward and stand it, by it really no i agree i agree 100 percent. chris are we watching wcw 2000 once again and he's slapping us ready to take over the world because uh not only is he great i will say this guys um and before i pass it on to chris i actually thought like he made everybody like his promo was that good that it makes everybody look like shit, in my opinion, in that company. And I hate that I've actually said that because it's Jeff fucking Jarrett. But credit where credit's due, when you put him, when you show him against all these fucking Mark Tards that are in this company, he fucking really does look great. Chris, am I tripping or is there something to it? You're not tripping at all. And in fact, this is the same kind of problem that we had when CM Punk was there. And, that, and now that CM Punk is gone. Uh, CM yeah. Punk was consistently um, one of the top three promos in the company um, and I mean that's being generous I think it was MJF then CM Punk every single time CM Punk was there you wanted to hear what he had to say he delivered his lines properly he was believable and he made you want to see what he was going to do next that's the point of a promo Jeff right. Jarrett gets it I mean you can say whatever you he want does. about Jeff Jarrett, and we have said plenty about Jeff Jarrett on, on this podcast already, right? But Jeff Jarrett gets the wrestling business. He might not be a great wrestler, okay? He doesn't have to be because he gets what he needs to do as a character. And, yeah, I mean, I thought that he delivered everything really well tonight, and I think that you're right when you say that when you have somebody who's pretty good from the former generation – they just make it look like these dude guys don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's it's weird, man, because I never thought I've never been a Jarrett fan per se, right? But like Nobody's ever been a Jarrett right. fan. Jeff Jarrett right. is the only Jeff Jarrett fan ever. Nobody nobody <laughs> in the history of professional wrestling has gone, you know what I want to buy a ticket to? Is to see Jeff Jarrett. Nobody ever. <laughs> it's never happened. You can quote me on it. Um but yeah, like the, the, Jeff Jarrett, uh, you're not a fan of Jeff Jarrett. You're, I'm, I'm not a fan of. I don't even know who the fuck to say to compare that to. Jeff Jarrett is the most vanilla, bland, fucking former 
uh, world champion ever. And 12-time world champion, mind you, Chris. 12-time because he pushed himself in his own company. Come on. Like, (laughs) fuck off. Fuck off. Hey, look. But, 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 fuck it. He did a good job tonight. He did a really good job tonight. Like I said, any great. And, I mean, seriously, hats off to Jeff Jarrett. The guy knows how to fucking maneuver in these shark-infested waters in the world of professional wrestling. I mean, it is what it is. It's but, not just AEW when he was the guest no, everywhere, for WWE everywhere. with the Usos. He did his thing. He said what his role was. He, was he great. made sure he was going to do. And, and in NWA, he did it. So, he, he, you know, listen, doing it week in and week out is harder. I suppose, but you know, uh, he knows his role, and we'll we'll see. We'll see. You know, Dan Lambert got boring after a while. Uh, it was the same old shtick doing the Jim Cornette thing. Well, we'll see. Um, but yeah, this this was a this was a highlight of the show, dis- despite the Cole Carter fake sting. Uh, you know, they. I mean, I I guess they sort of convinced themselves they had to do it because that was the story. The weakness wasn't some dark secret from his past. The it was just psychology, um, but okay, whatever. Well, my only on issue, they started off with a bang, right, clearly, even though, you know, some people might have been disappointed and whatnot, it is what it is. The problem is I would have actually ended this at the end because possibly, see, I, I wish it got really bad heat to the point where the fans were throwing rubbish into the ring again, like back in the day. That would have been a great image to end the show, and especially with Shivani going... Tune in next week! Like he used to do on Nitro, and that was it. Like, bang, it's over. You know what I mean? But the problem with starting like that, the way they did, how do you top that off? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? After that, I didn't give a shit, really. And well, it's weird. Every other match was a title match, so you should have was been able it? to top it off pretty easily. But not in this company, and uh, let's move on. Speaking of title matches, like I said, we've spoken about Mr. J.E. Double F. J A double R E double fucking T. Enough as it is. As a matter of fact, we've spoken about him for a good thirty minutes. But we move on from Mr. Jeff Jarrett to John Moxley, who is your AEW World Champion apparently, as he cuts a promo talking about how much he loves the atmosphere in Baltimore, and this is just another night for him. But it's a career changer for Lee fucking Catman Moriarty, and all he has to do is rely on his talents and skills. Of which there are, there are many, not really, just quietly, in my opinion. Lee feels snubbed by Blackpool Combat Club, but he wasn't snubbed. And John likes him quite a lot, but he's just not mean or nasty when enough. When has he ever said he felt snubbed by the Blackpool Combat Club? I when don't have a clue. that once? Enlighten us, please, because I don't even fucking know, Jeff. It was probably on an episode of Elevators in Darkness in the... Elevators of dark, dark, darkness and elevators. What elevators in developments is something like that? Developmental darkness (laughs) elevators. I don't know. (laughs) Developmental darkness elevators. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't have a clue, Jeff. Please, I mean, tell us because I can't. Last I'm asking because, <laughs> because that, that, that's the whole story. Is that he's he's maybe because when I heard about Lee Moriarty, he was targeting the Ring of Honor Pure Championship when they first introduced the the firm, and all of them were going for particular titles except for Morrissey, who was just going to raise hell or do whatever he wanted, something something like that. And none of them seemed to be going for the titles, though the the gun brothers seem to be taking the scenic route to sort of 
uh, back around maybe towards that direction. Anyway, it's not important. I just, uh, you know, I do remember when the Blackpool Combat Club first came out that Daniel Bryan or someone made mention of Daniel Garcia, Lee Moriarty, and uh, Wheel of Yuta, but I never heard Lee Moriarty say, gee, I really would love to be part of that Blackpool Combat Club or, or try to, I want to impress the Blackpool Combat Club. I mean, we barely saw him, and then we, you know, maybe saw him once on a, on a match where it was enhancement talent, and then when the firm came out with the green hair, I had no idea who it was, and then they said who it was, and, and now all of a sudden it's Tiger style, it sounds like Tiger style to me, and they do a, a, a hype promo it's, to it's tell us Tiger, Tiger style, remember? Well, they, they're saying Tiger, so that's all I can tell <laughs> Because I don't know what it is, and, and that video didn't help me know what Tiger style is, nor did it get me excited for Tiger's. All I'm saying is this story is dopey, and this match was boring. And boring. to make matters worse, for those of you who like technical wrestling, I, I, I saw it on TNT. Most of this match was during the commercial break, so most of the world championship match was in picture-in-picture. And I had to fucking go through it, literally, because, you know, I get the whole thing instead of the picture-in-picture, but... Uh... Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. By this point, I was getting angry, like watching this match. It went for way too long. I felt too, or was it just me? It did go long, right? So it was nine and a half minutes. Not wow! It felt like nineteen and a half minutes to me. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, good old uh, Demetrios in the chat says Jimmy T representing my Raptors today. It has to be a Vince Carter jersey. It is, as a matter of fact, and I'm repping because of Chris. Really, I mean, you know, he's back. So even though he's not from Toronto, but they are repping Canada in the NBA. And yes, it's a Vincenity jersey. Um, but anyway, yeah, look, it is what it is. Hey, yo, slam harder. Onyx or Vince Carter? <laughs> nice. I like what you did there. I love just, I love Onyx, bro. Slam was a great track. Absolute fucking Slam classic. harder is a good one too. Yeah. Just let Absolutely. the boys be boys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're good, Jeff. I love how you do that shit out of the blue. Especially he knows old hip hop, man, which surprises me, Chris. What the uh, fuck yeah, is up with that? Back. Well, I'm Jesus old. Christ. That's what I know, old. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of, we continue on, but as Moxie says, but tonight he's going to give Moriarty a lesson in pain and perseverance and show him how to dig deep. And if he's got any armor-plated armor or angst or revenge deep inside, now is the time to bring it to the surface because... He ain't got time for anything else. Yeah, who cares? Anyway, commentary throws to the break, but we get a seeming production error showing the Elite winning the trio's titles, and I meant that sarcastically, as in production error. Uh, we get shown them winning the trio's titles, and then we see a video tech replace their win with death triangles in a video package, and then we go to the actual break. Um, I guess they're still fucking teasing us with the elite the the elite coming back chris are you pumped probably not i am not pumped at all for the <laughs> return of the elite i i could just as easily go the rest of my life without ever seeing the young bucks ever again uh kenny omega i'm happy to watch him wrestle he's he always he always brings it i actually like kenny omega really like he's oh. not as good as i think people thought he was when he was in he's new great, japan damn i'm it. sorry i'm sorry um but the Young Bucks, I could honestly go the rest of my life without ever watching another Young Bucks match and be just as happy as a fucking clam. Um, <laughs> clam. Yeah. yeah. 
I guess where they're going with this is that, you know, the elite and the death triangle are going to feud and they're setting up the death I triangle. Don't... We'll talk about this later. They're, they're clearly setting up the death triangle with a reason for why they're going to lose those belts back to the elite <laughs> when the elite come back, because of course the elite have to have some titles. I mean, you couldn't possibly be EVPs of a company and just, you know, help elevate other talent. Well, I guess there is the Ring of Honor of the six-man tag team championships too, just quietly. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's true, there is. Jeff. Hashtag no more belts. Don't make me play that Oprah fucking clip, I'm telling you. <laughs> but Jeff, are you happy for the Elite to come back or you just don't give a shit? Um, I don't really give a shit. I mean, I, I'm happy in that it sort of will end the noise. Uh, it, it sort of surrounds it, though. The, the, the volume of noise has gotten much, much lower, so I don't really mind. Um, when they come back, it better be like a reverse snap or like you know, like, like Star Trek The Next Generation beamed <laughs> in. They, they, they can't just come out normally. I actually think that, that, that yes, what, what Chris is alluding to is going to happen with the Death Triangle, but I think they're actually going to get screwed out of the titles by House of Black or some, something with House of Black, but... Uh, and I hope so because the, those guys need to do something. And you know, Malachi Black needed seven or eight months to you know deal with his mental health issues, and somehow uh, a month later he's making vignettes and coming back. So uh, I guess maybe maybe holding some titles and giving respect to his faction maybe um, improved his moods. So anyway, um, it's fine. You know, I mean, we we knew all along what was going to happen we knew that a steel was going to be the first one to lose his job um the thing with punk isn't over but no one's mentioning his name and these guys names aren't being mentioned and you always knew that tony Khan wasn't going to go with what's best for business financially he's going to go with his friends and his vision and his model and you know what he probably would get more money from cm punk than he will get from from the other guys Maybe it's it's debatable because CM Punk is so old and and so he's been so injury prone. Um, so maybe it's the right business decision. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't see Tony Khan making a lot of smart business decisions. If he does, it's probably accidental or by flipping a coin. Um, <laughs> but whatever, the, you know. Of course, we we knew they were coming back, so let's get on with it. I mean, you know, the whole story was supposed to be with you know the undisputed elite, but you know, Bobby Fish is gone, and Kyle. Uh, he just had neck fusion surgery, so he'll be out for, you know, the better part of a year, maybe longer, maybe a little bit less. And Adam Cole has had one of the world's longest outings of a concussion, which is really, really worrisome. So, uh, I mean, I think all of that is uh, sort of out the window, but sure, bring him on back, you know, whatever. Well, before I move on, let's be honest, guys. At the end of the day, CM Punk has literally buried his own fucking grave in the world of professional wrestling. And, and what I mean by that, he's literally managed somehow to get his own fan base kind of to turn against him. Like, if you look online, there's a lot of people that just don't give a fuck about him anymore, man. Like, legitly. Whereas <laughs> when... Whereas when you see, I mean, seriously, I see what? Why are you shaking your head, Chris? Well, you don't nope. agree? No, nope. that's what Not I see, all. dude. I, I don't know. Not at all. Nope. If Phil really? Brooks wants to be, no, listen, if Phil Brooks wants to be a okay. big star in professional wrestling again, the door is wide open for him because that guy can make money. 
as a heel, if he comes back as a heel and says, fuck you to everybody. All these people saying, I don't care, I don't care. Just like these people who said, if Trump wins the election, I'm moving (laughs) to Canada. No, you're not. Shut the fuck up. Stop (laughs) saying you don't give a shit about CM Punk. If CM Punk showed up at the fucking Royal Rumble this year, you would all lose your goddamn collective fucking minds, and you know you would. Stop saying you don't care. You care. No, I agree with that. That's true. That's true. Look, look, it would be a huge deal. If he was to appear in WWE, absolutely. It'd be massive. And all the Mark Tards would be like, CM Punk. They'll be in tears again like we saw on Rampage when he first came back. But Jeff, you you wanted to say something. I I mean, I agree. I don't know how much to add to it. It's, It's just, you know, whether you like the guy or not, when if you are a member of a tribe and you poach an asset of the other team's tribe, that's a win for you. So all these people who now love Cody probably hated Cody nine months ago, or whatever True. the case was, or were indifferent to him, or said he was overrated, or sorry sucked, or thought he was, you know, Jeff Jarrett or whatever. Uh, you know, a lot of people were saying Punk is washed and injured and this, that, and never, you know, never liked him. He was never that special. He's always been overrated. Now they're like, oh, it's going to be great to see him in there. Triple H will do what's best for business. Okay, yeah, and you know what? Both those things can be true. You, you, you. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that they're right. I think that he's injury prone. I think that he's damaged goods, but he he could be best for business, and WWE can certainly afford him. And it'll be another blow to the AEW psyche. And imagine Punk shooting on AEW on WWE TV, even if it's sort of you know sort of subtle because he's smart and he can do that. And in the WWE style with a part-time schedule. Maybe he wouldn't be quite as brittle. I don't know. He injured himself once diving into the crowd, so we can avoid that one. Um, mm-hmm. But he's not going to be asked to be working with people like Darby Allen. Um, you know, he'll work with Dolph Ziggler. He'll work with Robert Roode. He'll work with The Miz. He will work with Roman Reigns. These, these are safe workers. They're not putting him in there with Brock Lesnar. You know, maybe they'll put him in there with, with Randy Orton if he's back at 100% edge. You know, no one, no one that's, no one that's going to hurt him, and it's going to be more about stories and psychology than flippy flippies. But wouldn't he look like a complete fucking hypocrite? I mean, so what? He already looks like a. Complete I know, I know. He'll, he'll look like a guy who's making three million dollars a year and another yeah. million on merchandise. That's what it'll look like. Look, I, I hope I they never, bury him in WWE. I have, <laughs> I have literally never heard a good word about about Phil Brooks, the person. Neither have I, even from people I've that actually heard know him. Good right, words, it's true. Never heard a good word. He is a selfish, egotistical asshole. He also happens to be a genius when it comes to professional wrestling and promoting That's himself. True too. So say whatever you like, but you care. Stop fucking saying you don't care because you care. Well, for those motherfuckers that do care, all I'm going to say is two words. Mike Jackson. <laughs> Think about that. If you know, you know. That's all I'm saying. All right. Now, you tell me what the fucking best in the world fucking looks like. Mike Jackson. And not the type. Just quietly. I know Jeff looks puzzled and probably doesn't understand what I mean by that. I know Chris gets it. Not a goddamn word of it. Uh, should I tell him or should I just yeah, leave it? Right. He was the second guy who beat Phil Brooks <laughs> up in the UFC. But nobody made him look like an absolute fucking clown. That's all I've got to say. Ca- nobody cares. Uh, Demetrius in the chat says he will look like CM Punk every time he comes. And then he goes. And then he gets a fucking injury. And then he goes off again. Yeah. 
Anyway, let's move on from that punk because uh, I'm sick of hearing his name already. But as I was saying, we move on to the matchup between John Moxley versus. Uh, oh no, yes, yeah, no, we are. It is John Moxley versus Lee Moriarty, and uh, I'm not even going to go through this match. I'm just going to say Moxley ends up winning by submission with a cross arm bar. Now, to me, this match felt like it went forever, but apparently it didn't because apparently it only went for nine and a half minutes. But boy, was this match a drag, Jeff. Well, five minutes of it were during commercials, and so that was just fine. Oh, so true. True. <laughs> I got up, I went to the bathroom, I poured myself some water, I, I might have, <laughs> you know, snuck a little snack. Uh, you never know. Now, this, this, this match was, I have to be honest with you, this entire show was largely tedious. Like, all of the matches sort of seemed clunky. It was a mess, and, you know, bro. And last week also felt clunky and disjointed to me, or maybe it was two weeks ago. But this is, this is sort of, been hit or miss like even when the shows aren't that bad like things feel lethargic and slow and disjointed and clunky like it doesn't feel like the, the, there's any rhythm or flow it, it seems like they're relying more on clutter and chaos and and putting everyone on tv for a while it, it feels like, like russo-esque a little bit in terms of booking just not as unorganized though it's well, very i mean not as organized i mean but for a while well, I yeah mean, that I, for a while, I'm, I, listen, I'm giving credit to a guy. I don't know if he did it, but I keep going Sanjay Dutt. I don't know if it's really him. But, like, it seemed like it was flowing, like there was a little bit more match flow. There was this, the segments were making sense. And then we got back into this clutter thing. We got this, like, also when Tony got really desperate, they, they, he, he hit that million again. And then the thing with Punk, and he wants to hit million, million, million. He's got to hit a million every single week. He wants these million-dollar gates. He wants millions on the viewers. And like he seemed to get desperate, and then he took the reins back again. And so we end up with all these people running in the ring. We'll get three talking segments in a row. We'll get the same stories. And yeah, he doesn't break up segments, man. He really right. doesn't, man. I mean, the whole thing with Jericho, which all week was confusing. Nobody understood it. He, he, all week, everybody thought he was facing a former Ring of Honor world champion we heard the promo where it said i'll face the pure champion i'll face the women's champion i'll face i don't care who i face but the initial challenge was i want a former ring of honor world champion that's always been what the story was well that you know and like it's not just us it was i heard zarian confused i heard alvarez confused everybody was confused nobody knew don tony didn't know mish didn't know joey didn't care i mean kevin didn't yeah. care I mean, you I know, but, but nobody nobody knew for sure what it is. And AEW does this all the time where nobody's exactly sure what the rule of the stipulation is. Um, and obviously they changed this one to, to you know, to say, fuck you, punk. Anyway, um, yeah, the, but yes, this match felt like it went too long. But I mean, it felt to me like 10 minutes. It didn't feel to me like it was 20 minutes. So, you know. Oh, no, it really dragged for me. But Chris, how'd you feel? Okay, there's three awful things about this match. Just straight out the gate, and we can get it out of the way. Um, your world champion is on third. Why? I mean, uh, you, you couldn't... Because it's all about Ring of Honor, isn't... Chris. This is Ring of Honor Dynamite, not fucking Literally AEW. starting the show is a better fucking slot for your world champion. Like, yeah. have him jerk I mean... the curtain. It's better. It's It's better than being third. I don't understand this placement at all. Just bad. Um, so that's one. Uh, two. Uh, hey, do you guys remember that time when Stone Cold and Midian had a nine-minute match on Raw? <laughs> no. 
Me either. That's what drives me um, nuts. But see, is it is it? But the thing is, Chris, is it fucking TK or is it literally Moxie saying, "Yeah, we'll, we'll go to the match. You know, I'll bleed and and we we do a ten minute bomb burner, man." And like, I don't give a fuck if Mox yeah. says that. If I'm TK and Mox says that, I go Moxley. You're fucking crazy. That's not happening. Three minutes, squash the kid. Right. He's wrestling on. He wrestled on three shows in a row, probably more. But I'm just counting three shows in a row. That that's unnecessary. It's ridiculous. And I mean, you've got your world champion, so so those are two, and then three. What the fuck is the world champion doing? Who gives a fuck about this storyline? Is this a story? Is this something we need to actually? What is this building to? Cats. It's just yeah, a world champion. He's gonna have a match. Cool. And, yeah. why does, and why does the firm care about him anymore? They were helping MJF. Who fired them? It was MJF apparently, but uh, I mean, unless we're going to go with the double secret, he really didn't fire them. It's all it's all part of the devil. If they team. do that, that is lazy ass fucking booking. I think it was you and I, Jeff, that actually at spoke least about that. At least it's a wrestling story, right? But and I can see it's going to actually. And I agree with you. The more I thought about it, because it was you that brought that up, I think last week or the week before, yeah. it will happen. That's what's going to happen. There's no ifs and buts about it. I actually do believe that's what we're going to get, and it's going to make me fucking roll my eyes. And did, didn't lazy the firm cooking. come in at the end of this match and, and attack Moxley? Didn't like Morrissey come yeah, in? Yes, or, or As a matter of yes, yes because outside interference had to be a part of every fucking match on the night. Every goddamn match. So Ethan Page is now going to be the a contender to John Moxley. I mean, does anyone think that Ethan Page is going to win? I mean, you know, I, you know, and this is for their what? What are they got? They have full gear, and then they're oh, what's the next full one? Yeah, fucking full gear. gear. Psh, yes, and full they're, gear. They're already trying to promote Winter is coming or Winter whatever. Winter, look, they're, don't you hear the names, Jeff? Full gear. Winter is coming. Right. Who came up with that shit? Uh, George R. R. Martin. I, I, I don't nah, know. Pablo Escobar. That's who came up with that shit. Uh, like some you know start I mean? ten thousand years ago. I, I don't know. Uh, but I like what. Like I don't even know. Winter's coming. Is 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 it a battle of the belts? Is it is it like a grand slam? Like a special dynamite? It's, it's not a, a grand slam, team. Jeff. I like mean, that. You know what I mean? I mean? Everything with you is penis. We know. Um, <laughs> I just, I just don't. I, I just think they keep promoting these things, and, and like everything, everything uh, about Dynamite gives me a headache. Yes, <laughs> that's. Yeah, it feels like a real bad come down after like a big long stretch of fucking, fucking all night. That's what it feels like, and that's how the booking's coming out, unfortunately, for TK and his wide-eyed fucking booking. I, I tweeted he, Tony got into that bad cheap Baltimore crack. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? Thirty percent over there in Baltimore. I, I don't know. It's like where, how many times are you supposed to cut like cocaine? Like whatever it is, they cut it like eight more times than you're supposed to. Thin it out. What's that? What's that fucking uh, shit they give you at the dentist that numbs you? But it's Novocaine. Novocaine. Too much Novocaine in that shit. They cut it too much over there in Baltimore. It seems. Anyway, let's move on from the from coke and cane. Um, I can't feel my face. I mean, <laughs> I can touch it, but I can't. That's it. that's the Noah sir. <laughs> Not the fucking cocaine. But anyway, I will say this. Check out our show that we did quite a while back called Outside Interference with myself and Jeff, just quietly, since 
There's a lot of outside interference. He must have heard our show, Jeff. They must have. They got the <laughs> wrong messages, but okay. <laughs> yeah, wrong messages, all right. Uh, anyway, uh, post-match, after Moxie wins by submission with a cross armbar, Paige hits the ring and lays Moxie out with the tan Sheamus. And then we get an interview filmed in the back with Renee Paquette and Soraya or Soraya whatever the fuck her name is Paige she talks about wanting to come to AEW ever since it started and it was just hey, you did it girl stop it and it was just a matter of working uh, the timing out and she thinks she can help the women's division out Renee addresses her injury and retirement but Soraya wants to save it for next week because there's one more doctor she wants to consult before making an announcement I wonder which doctor that is it's not Dr. Jeff Littman but it seems to be Dr. Mehmet DMD. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh, no. Not that Turkish. (laughs) It is apparently Britt Baker, I assume. That that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. I mean, because sense Mm -hmm. is the fucking, is the the thing of this show. I mean, because everything makes sense in AEW, right? I mean, this is a little aside. It's not really aside. It's actually about this. But somebody asked, I think Tony Khan said that Renee Paquette is really elevating the show. And I like Renee, but I don't think that she's, I mean, I don't think she's really doing any harm, but I think Renee is just another person that's been around the business too long. It's friends with too many of these people. And in this company, like there's too many like references I know you and what's up and how you've been and and inside jokes and it's just another thing where it's like you know letting us know we're not like we're not like one of the boys and they're all boys together and like you know Eddie Kingston when he's supposed to be angry he's like what's up sis you know he's angry at everyone but her I, I, I actually think that like like she needs to and they need to treat her like they're like like she's you know Brian Gumble or something like they're the like they don't know her like she's a sideline reporter like you can be familiar but not like you know like we we party and go out on each other's boats in the summer. She needs to feel different, do. and everybody in that company feels the same. The backstage interviewers, right down to everything, it's all it's all inside jokes, and even Marvez like it's a he, fucking parody. He's played of off as. He's played off as like, oh, he's the guy that that we can fuck with because he's pathetic. But he's played off that way so completely obvious that it's like a it's like a high school play. Like the the acting about everybody is almost all the same, and it, it's it all just feels so completely phony. I mean, everything with her, you're right. It's like she's just another one of the people backstage and. Oh, isn't this fun? And we're we're having fun uh-huh. during this interview. They need if they want her to elevate, then they need to put her in an elevated position. Have her backstage. Uh-huh. She and knows be like, elevated positions. Don't be, worry. Have her <laughs> backstage right, and does. be like, and be like, listen, I'm not here to. I'm not here to hold your hand through these interviews. I want to ask the tough questions. I'm going to ask you, uh, Colt Cabana. You know, like uh, you know, you've got the you've got this problem, obviously, with. Uh, with our former champion CM Punk, or do something that allows her to stand out. If you want somebody to actually be a be a source of elevation to the product, they have to be different from everybody else backstage. It can't yeah, be she, so samey. Or she could have just said, "Here, Soraya, we've known each other a long time, but this was supposed to be a sit-down interview between you and Dr. Britt Baker. And I know this is not your fault, but this is unprofessional. So until somebody gets Dr. Britt Baker here, this is a waste of my time." I have other stories I'm trying to pursue. Like I preferred it when it was Lexi Nair because 
even though she wasn't that great at it, since you didn't know who she was and who she knew, whatever chemistry she developed with anybody was at least new and different. It was like a new journey. So that little interaction she had with Hook, which they completely fumbled, which was actually sort of getting endearing, um, was new. That was different. That was, that was just, I didn't know who she was. And, and I, we don't really know who he is. Um, anyway, I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, it, in all my complaints of the show, this is probably a small one, but you know, when you have 16 small complaints and seven or eight big complaints on a two hour show that that's only three and a half years in existence, that ain't so good. <laughs> you know, what made, drags. drags, you know, what would have made my day seeing Seth Rollins doing commentary for this actual <laughs> dynamite. Can you like, that would have entertained me the whole fucking way through. But instead we get this. But uh yeah. And as far as Soraya goes, whatever the fucking name is, I hope DMD literally makes Soraya eat her teeth, man. Straight up. Just saying. I really want to see that. Um, anyway, let's move on because we get William Regal, guys, because you know why? Because he's a fucking man and it's hard to find a man in this episode. Can someone tell me if we were supposed to give a man on this, who's, who would win he's the man award when it comes to this fucking episode of Dynamite? Because at this point, I don't think there's many around that could. Can we hold it till the end? Because I, I, I think I need to reflect all right. on these. Okay, all right. I'll, I can I'll give my it. answer Cut. now. Oh, please do. Nyla Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. And her, f I mean, him d doing this like he's fucking wobbling his cock. Like, seriously, really fucking disturbed me just quietly. Listen, if you can do the helicopter, I don't have to pretend you're a woman. I, that's just, I, that's my rule, okay? If you can honestly do the helicopter, I don't have to pretend. As a matter of fact, fuck it. He fucking wins the Real Man's Man Award. He might as well win the Real Man's Man Award every fucking week. Because that motherfucker's playing up on his fucking genitalia week in, week out right now, man. He really is. I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm Jeff Jarrett is starting to sing, but okay. Nah, nah. Nyla Rose is definitely a man, just quietly. Um, yeah. Stop saying just quietly when you're not uh, when you're not modulating your volume one bit. You love it, Jeff. <laughs> you love it. You even say it yourself now. Don't give me that bullshit. I say it just to mock you, dummy. Ah, uh, sure, sure. Well, as we're saying, he's a man, such a man, and that's that. So, Nyla Rose, you win. You win every week in my book. But anyway, isn't it time right, for Nyla Rose match? Or is is there another match for us? Let, let's talk about uh, William Regal. Uh, because yes, I actually yes. think that a really good use of William Regal here would be um, for him to turn on Moxley and oh, uh, help MJF win the title. Because I think oh, that, that would be brilliant. Because I actually think that. that Regal and MJF would make a fantastic a duo on screen. Yeah. Even though he doesn't need the mouthpiece, though, and people will complain about that, let's be honest. That's the first thing the real Mark Tards would actually say. Well, what if they got a fucking guy that, that doesn't need a mouthpiece in his corner? That's the problem. Well, I mean, Regal's already with two guys who don't need a right. mouthpiece, but two, at least two guys who do. Um, you're right. MJF doesn't need the mouthpiece. I don't think that'd be a problem because they can take turns, but 
I mean, I think the problem is, is that Regal is so much bigger than MJF, and I think that's it, true. I, also, I have never liked when managers are bigger than wrestlers. Now, hard and with. Yeah, I'm I'm a size queen. I get it. I mean, but I, I didn't like Colonel Robert Parker. I didn't like when DDP was a manager was bigger than half the, half the wrestlers. You know, he's with Bad Company and he's and he's dwarfing both of them. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, I, I don't think MJ. I would rather see them. You know, put you know W Morrissey back behind him and you know re, redo the old, you know Wardlow thing or whatever, or or give him two goons. You know, uh, you know, instead of one. I, I don't know. Whatever it. It'd be fine. I mean, it fits. You know, MJF shows that he's the devil, and Regal's like, I don't think that I don't think that MJF should need his help. I think that Regal should give him his approval. Like MJF pulls out the the diamond ring, and William Regal has the brass knuckles, and William Regal looks at him and goes, takes the brass knuckles off, puts them back in his pocket, and goes like this, and MJF then clocks Moxie. Bang! Hick, I'll go one better. That's what's going to happen. I actually think that's what. That's not happen. one better. No, 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 no. My point was, no, you kind of said it. You kind of took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, just come quiet. the matchup, just quietly, when we do get the world championship match or all out, right? I think it will be Regal that actually costs Moxley his championship. And then, if you want to be smart, there's where you get Moxley to go on his long holiday because, you know, he's fucking brutalized, he's hurt, he needs to go away and reevaluate his whole career and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. Just storyline jargon, right? And it would make total fucking sense. But are we going to get that? I'd like to think they're smart enough to go that way. But are we going to get that though, boys? Chris, you think we, we're going to get that? Are they smart enough to know this shit? Or are we just wishful thinking? I think that they're smart enough to pull the trigger on it. And I think they'll ruin it in two weeks. <laughs> You ain't wrong. Jeff, do you think we're realistically going to get that? Because tell me, wouldn't that be great? I think they sort of have to at this point. They have and, to, right. And when AEW feels like they have to do something, they do generally do it. So I think the answer is yes. I think that, but I, I, I think that there's a pretty good chance that they'll actually try to make him a bona fide face. And Whoa. people like me will hate that. Or they'll do what I suggested, and it was going to be like, that's so stupid. So I think whatever it is, wrestling fans will complain. But yeah, Moxley deserves a time off. The only thing I hope is that we don't get double the Jericho to replace Moxley, because we're already getting double Jericho. So that would be quadruple. Uh, you know what? I just I just thought of a I just thought of a brilliant T-shirt. Anybody at anybody doing any kind of T-shirts, you can feel free to to, to steal this. But this would be great for any wrestling company in the world. It's just a regular T-shirt that says dot dot dot, and wrestling fans complained. <laughs> and dot dot dot, any great. I mean that's good too, but I mean it could be anybody, right? I mean it's just any great. No, but for, but in all seriousness, like Jeff said, we yeah we have to at this point they have to go that way because and you know what man. We're the only guys that have actually spoken about this. I listen to various other podcasts. I guarantee you not one other podcast until they hear us would has even mentioned what we all just mentioned. And I truly think that's where we're going, hopefully. like Because I always give them the benefit of the doubt, unfortunately, and they let me down every fucking time. So let's not get our hopes up. But if it does happen, I think we should all give ourselves a pat on the back, 
like Barry Horowitz, because there is no one out there in Podcastville that's actually even remotely mentioned that, not even DT Jeff. Mm, I, I don't like saying that there's nobody else who's done it because there's about well, 22,000 wrestling ones. podcasts right, out there. That's so. true. <laughs> that's true. Well, yeah, but as far as I've what I've, what I've listened to, no one else has mentioned that. So anyone that mentions it after we have, they fucking copied us. But anyway, let's move on, guys, because well, as I was saying, point five million listeners. Well, hey, we are ranked, guys. I mean, we are one of the most listened to shows, so that should tell you something. But as we got back from commercial, like I was saying, William Regal's interview backstage. He says Maxwell Jacob Freedom. Uh, Friedman, not Freedom, showed him he's got a long way to go to be a true villain. This, I mean, it smells like that's what's going to happen at all, all Out, at this point, Full Gear, whatever the fuck it's called. And at Full Gear, all the potential in the world won't win him the AEW World Championship when he has to face a real demon in John Moxley. But remember, this is me adding this, Regal's the real devil, though, not demon, the devil. But after that, we get... This is such a pointless fucking... Uh, backstage segment really I mean he said pretty much nothing um, the acclaimed then make their entrance and Max Caster raps about how it's Billy Gunn's birthday so happy birthday daddy ass Anthony Bowens then gets on the mic and says unfortunately Gunn has been injured and can't scissor <laughs> but they can have a daddy ass birthday bash without scissoring which is why they're starting hot with the gift foam scissor fingers so when a snake like sneaky swerve Strickland breaks your hands you can still scissor me, daddy ass. Everyone loves your claim and everyone loves daddy ass. So who brought gifts? They asked the crowd to throw up scissors and signs. And Max goes to the floor to see who has a gift, collecting a big pair of foil scissors from a young fan and then scissoring them. They present Billy the scissors and wish him a happy birthday, but we're not done as guns been in the business over 30 years and accomplished a lot. He's an 11-time tag team champion, a two-time tag team of the year, and 2006 worst worked segment of all time, a reverse battle royal or something. Isn't that the, uh, what do you call it? The, what do you call it? The, in TNA, the reverse battle royal bullshit they got? That's exactly what we call it, reverse battle royal. No, the king of the mountain, where the fuck it is. Anyway, but most importantly, he's a Hall of Famer and a stand-up guy and the world's greatest daddy for which they present him a trophy. Bowen says he has a lot more planned special guests from Guns Pass, but two cancelled at the last minute. He and he and WWE, you know, throwing jabs over there. The others were upset he didn't go to their reunion, but most importantly, he's been a mentor and a father figure to them. He's meant the world, so their final gift is a certificate of adoption. He and Castor both signed it, and they and all they need is a signature from Billy, and they're officially legally a family. Gunny stoked to be their daddy and looks to sign it. Enter the ass boys. They ask if their invitation got lost in the mail and say they should have been invited because they're his actual sons. But Billy just pats the acclaimed on the shoulders like they are my sons. And the guns say they bought him a gift. And that gift is <laughs> W. Morrissey lays Billy Gunn out with a big boot. The ass boys then join W in putting boots to daddy ass and his adopted sons. But FTR, they make the save. Everyone's fucking wearing pink in the ring. And I just want to point out before I take it to you, Chris, is it just me or has the acclaim or is the acclaim becoming more gay and gay as we... I'm sorry, I said it. More gay and gay as we keep going with their babyface run because I feel like even Bowen is starting to really show his colors, if you know what I mean. 
Um, I do. I'm know sorry. I said it. I've no, listen. It. Yeah, they're definitely they're leaning into this. But I mean, this is popular right now. The the crowd really likes the whole scissoring thing. I find it to be, I mean, ridiculous. Frankly, I mean, especially it's when you're scissoring. Greece. Especially when you're scissoring with little kids around, like around. Yeah, the that's arena. a pretty fucked I mean, up, dude. That is pretty fucked up. But I mean, listen, we all we we were all watching in the Attitude Era when DX was screaming out "suck it" every couple of minutes. So I mean, just quality. They were scissoring each other back then, long before this shit. Daddy ass is the inventor of scissor me, Daddy ass. Yeah, I mean, listen, all I know is that at some point, I really want Chuck Palumbo to come out with uh, with, <laughs> What's up, with Guns Kids. That would just be perfect. Uh, if, if Chuck Palumbo comes out and manages uh, Billy Guns Kids, and then we can have a, a Billy and Chuck reunion, but they're on opposite oh, sides, and now they, now they hate each other. He, he's I mean, the real father. You know, they're, they're arguing oh, about Oh, that yeah, would be great. They replay the, the Mysterio Guerrero thing. That would just be that would be perfect. That's all I want. Stop, this whole boys. Angle. This episode should be behind a fucking paywall. We're giving them way too much. Yeah. I mean, that's brilliant. And the good thing about that, Chuck Palumbo is actually available. I mean, if fucking TK had any sort of sense, you would absolutely do that for a laugh because it would make total sense. It would absolutely make total sense. But nope, we won't get that. I hope we do, but we won't get it. I'll be circle because they look just like him. But, uh, you know, just like Billy. But anyway, um, I- I'm going to say whatever, the, however the acclaim come off, to me it's getting old. And yeah, and, and I think it is. it was over as fuck. It was organically over as fuck. They were over as heels. They're maintaining it as face. But I think in true AEW fashion, I think it's, like people are pretending it's over and, and as fuck, but they're not really enjoying it as much as they used to. I mean, I know it's wrestling, but everyone knows that's not how adoption works. I understand yeah. the trademark thing. Maybe people don't understand, but they know that's not how adoptions work. And you know, and it, and it's just and that's just too much. And like, why is Morrissey doing this? Oh yeah, he's in the firm sometimes because the guns are in the firm. So are they attacking him? Oh, yeah, because they want to get the tag team titles. Okay, that makes sense. So why do FTR come out? Because they also want to get the tag team titles. And haven't they beaten the gun club like a hundred times? But they've probably also been uh, the acclaimed a hundred times. So I, I don't know, but like, wouldn't you rather face the gun club than the acclaimed? I, 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 I don't understand this FTR like being like, the faces who come out and rescue all faces, especially pseudo faces. It just, it just like was a mess. And like, you knew somehow they needed to get themselves to some sort of eight man match. And sure enough, that's where we got, but th- this segment went way too long and it, and it stopped being funny. And then it got long and got, you know, mishmashy to me. Um, Can I ask a question? Sure. Is Morrissey in the firm to prove that he's not soft? Ah, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to penis, Chris, as we, all, as Jeff and I always say. That's and right. uh, Pierce Austin in the chat says, "Remember DX, suck it, ha ha." And he's he also said, "You said it as I typed it." And last but not least, young bucks come back, and it don't matter. Everyone will drop to them. That's absolutely true, Pierce man. It, it is what that's, it is. That's it objectively is what it is. true. 
That has been food, objectively huh? true. It's true. It's damn true. And as you guys both said, it is getting old. It's getting too gay for my liking. I'm sorry, I said it again. And uh, enough of the scissoring already. I don't even care. I, I really, I don't even care if they lean into the whole gay thing. If that's like, if that's if, part of if the gay thing, Billy and Chuck fine. route, it would be fucking master. It would be a masterpiece if they go that yeah. way, but they won't. But but yes, like Jeff is right, and I think that what Jeff is saying is actually pretty reflective in what you're thinking, Jimmy. Is just this is getting lame. Like it, it, it's okay. We get it. The joke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the joke. Yes. Yeah, are me. Okay. It's, it's funny. It's okay. Great. It's cute. Do they're something now. Literally, yeah. At this point, it. it's just, you're doing the same joke over and over and over again. It's like, it's like I had a friend Lynn and uh, one time we were walking down the street and some chick screamed out evil at him cause he's black. And I just turned around oh. and I was like, yeah, you look at oh, you damn. fucking bitch. And anyway, like it was funny right it was a funny moment Lynn laughed right but then literally for the next six or seven minutes he just kept repeating himself and going uh, you look at bitch uh, 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 you look at bitch to the point where at the end of the five minutes I was like Lynn you've officially killed my joke shut the fuck up <laughs> and plus, she called him e- plus she called him evil Lynn yeah yeah evil Lynn he yeah. was a bad guy from He-Man yeah He-Man yeah. What about Skeletor? Well, Evelyn was, you know, the witch. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, his left-hand woman. Oh, well. Beastman was uh, his right-hand man. Well, this is not the He-Man show, ladies and gentlemen. This is the skirmish right here with not only myself, but also Jeff He-Man and Chris. He-Man is my man of the week. Ah, so he's a man? He's, is he more man he's than all the real man's man. You know what I'm changing? Skeletor. <laughs> Skeletor's real man's man. Anyway, uh, we get Team DMD interviewed backstage and it demand the tag team to wrestle on Friday. Um, who, who will that be? Who knows? Because we get everybody's favorite fucking faction, the Jericho Appreciation Society making their entrance. Wait, who was Jericho? It was Team DMD in uh, Hader and uh, oh, Hager. right. Right. right, she could show up for that with with her chosen interviewer. Right, excellent. Yeah, wasn't it Tony? She essentially said, "Cut the shit, Tony," without saying "cut the shit." No, no, Jade says, "Cut the shit." Yeah, I know that, but uh, the way Baker was talking to Tony, anyway, who cares? It was her segment this week was shit. It was shit because it, it was meaningless. It was just nothing. There was a lot of that too backstage, just just quietly. Anyway, uh, as I was saying, the Jericho Appreciation Society make the entrance. Jericho says he has a sour taste in his mouth. So do we, just quietly, Chris. And for the way his total defense against Claudio Costagnoli went, so he's challenging any former Ring of Honor champion of any title. Enter Boom Boom, Col Cabana. I know it's a slap to the face of fucking Phil, but really, I couldn't care less about Col Cabana, but whatever. It is Jericho, your Ring of Honor champion, your Ocho versus Boom Boom, Col Cabana. In a Ring of Honor World Just Championship match, what what titles did Colt Cabana hold in Ring of Honor? He was a former Ring of Honor champion, wasn't he? Nope, he was a former two-time tag team champion. Really? Why was my perception that he was a Ring of Honor World Champion at one stage? Because everybody's held that championship. Wow, I mean, not really even the TV slut. champion, not even pure champion, not, not nothing else. Just not even the pure shit champion. Time. 
tag team champion. So this was Man. just a, a complete, and he came out crying and everybody. He's not uh, even with the Dark Order because, you know, that that's still too risky. It's uh, being litigation. I don't know. Uh, anyway, this, 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 this was, I mean, this was supposed to be one of the surprises, I guess, and this was a big dud. Yes, yes, yes. I wish I was, like, programmed to love this shit. And I was anyway. wondering, like, where's the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society? Where are the where are the two boobs and where and where's Guevara and where are the women? Like, why can't they all come out? Like, why, why do they, like, space it out? They were appreciating... I'll tell you why. They were appreciating the fact that they didn't have to appreciate this shit. That's yeah, where they were, I, Jeff. I agree 100%. Good point. And uh, before we move on, well, Chris, did you have something to say about that, actually? No. No. <laughs> Fuck this uh, segment. Fuck this match. Jesus. Yeah. Listen, Coco Ben is actually, like, he's a pretty talented in-ring worker. He did a lot boom, of boom. things in this match that were pretty good in terms of the technical ability. Um, he can get... Technical he definitely, ability, eh? Yeah, I mean, he is, though. Like, he does have good technical ability. Did like, you he... see that Ocho Codebreaker at the fucking end? <laughs> Did you yeah. see when when they almost both fell off the top turnbuckle and Daniel Garcia <laughs> tried to catch them? <laughs> like, people are trying to say that was supposed to be on purpose. No, it wasn't. No, no, no. it wasn't. That no, Codebreaker was, code was a botch, and it was the drizzling shit. That part that you just mentioned, Jeff, was fucking pathetic. These guys, now you combine them, we've got easily probably 60 years of professional wrestling experience and it was Botchamania. I, I still, I'm going to maintain this. I'm going to maintain this at this point. I, I do think that Cole Caban is a good storyteller in ring. Um, I think that there was a couple of, there. I think that there were a couple of points where he actually had the crowd biting on him winning the championship, which is ridiculous. No really? one should be biting on Cole Cabana winning this match, but I think that he did a pretty good job of getting people to bite on it. Um, but this was just build yeah. to something. Just uh, the, 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 this is another one of those things that we were talking about earlier. It's the it's the oh like everybody will understand why we're doing this, huh? <laughs> Isn't this so <laughs> Like, come on. Like, you're, you actually have possibilities of, of having Chris Jericho have matches against some really talented workers. You know, um, you know, where is Jay Briscoe? Um, that would be a hell of a match. Uh, but no, we're going to do Boom Boom Cabana, who, as Jeff said, never held a singles title in, in ROH. He's a two time tag team champion. And we're going to do that because, well, fuck CM Punk. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. There's Throw no shortage of Ring of Honor um, former champions. And by the way, some of them are free agents, and, and they have a lot of them on their roster and staff. I mean, Jerry Lynn's probably not healthy enough, but Christopher Daniels is. That would have been a letdown, too. I mean, Davey yeah. Williams, I know, has a contract with MLW, but they could have worked something out. Eddie Edwards is on contract with Impact, but Frank Gazzari no, has been down there him away. The last year. Whatever. It just, it, it just would have been a little surprise. They, you know... They, they, they've had that there's plenty of people there it, it this this was unnecessary but Jeff. I didn't really I didn't really care about this what I cared about is what happened afterwards not so much because they're beating up Rick Abani, but because of who came to save him 
because this is what I've, I've been complaining for months. Every week, I'm like, no more JAS versus BCC, and it's escalating. Sounds like a bad porno at this point, Jeff. This is like the first time the this is the first time the BCC has actually acted as a faction since that yeah. cage match thing. That like, puzzled me, around. dude. That really puzzled me. For I was actually puzzled. I was like, hold on a fucking minute. Aren't you these guys did. all fucking not you know together now? They're just gonna pretend Claude that shit never there. happened. Regal even got into the screen. Yeah, yeah, Brian was there. I think even Moxley. We came had out. an orgy for once, for the first time. We literally had an orgy on screen. Like this story needed to end back when Kingston, you know, had had Jericho to tap out, but but uh, Menard tapped out first to Claudio. This this should have been over then at that blood and guts and anarchy in the <laughs> arena. Blood and, and guts. We're, we're, we're still what? doing Jericho Appreciation Society versus BCC. Come There's on. no blow-off in this company, Jeff. Don't you get Jeff, it? it's not long-term storytelling. It's just long. long. I mean, literally, they're going to have to put them on horses and do jousts. <laughs> <laughs> we should call it a jousting. Oh, medieval times. <laughs> uh, Seth approves, actually, Jeff. Seth definitely approves. I love it. That was a that was a comment I'm, of the night. I'm the Red Knight. I'm the Red Knight. I'm definitely the Red Knight. I'm the Dark Knight. Get it? It's but a flesh wound. It is but a flesh wound. Oh shit! That's the best comment of the fucking night. Easily. Anyway, how do we top that off? Oh, wait a minute. Post-match, we get, like, as Jeff was saying, just pulling in Ricky Boney off commentary. Say desk. it correctly. Say rice a roll. Okay. Say roller poly. Say something, but don't say Ricky Boney. Roller coaster. Anything. <laughs> it's all about penis, remember, Jeff? Ravioli. Uh, ravioli? ravioli. Uh, I, I don't know. Pick a boney? Rock and boner. I don't care. Rock and boner. Rock and boner. Ian Rock and boner. There it is. <laughs> Ian Rock and boner. I like it. Anyway, whatever his name is, he Maybe gets Matt ripped Maynard's off. nipples hard. Well, hearing Maynard and Rick a boney and Rock a boney and Rock hard boney mm-hmm. sounds like a bad fucking porn. Once again, we got mayonnaise and bonies. Anyway, was a bad porn. <laughs> true. That's actually That's true. Bad. Anyway, he no, starts slapping him with his wiener. Is it? I mean, really? I mean, some of them are funny. Let's be honest. I mean, I mean, listen, man. Like my family's half German. I'm here to tell you there's some, oh, there's some Wunderwald. Really not good pornos. <laughs> Wunderwald. Wants <laughs> <laughs> into the Heisen. Anyway, uh, we get a few slapping, breaking his glasses, getting poked in the eye, and all. As Claudio, uh, Claudio, Claudio Costagnoli makes a save, but the Jess overwhelms him. As Danielson joins the fray. Then we get Guevara out for the heels. Then we get Yuda for the baby faces. And finally, security comes down the, all over their faces, basically, to pull them apart. And that's the end of it. I mean, what Ooh. substance? Are we getting blood and guts 15 at this point? So does that mean we're going to get the blow-off to the blow-off? And then they, they're all going to blow each other off? Is that Jimmy, what's happening? Jimmy. I'm confused. The rest, this, the, the rest of this segment is going under Jimmy Crack Corn and <laughs> and no, yeah. I, I, spoiler: I got some inside information. Actually, the Jericho Cruise this this year is actually going to be on battleships, and it's actually going to be a game oh. of JS on one, BCC on the other. So. 
Ah, sounds like a bad oh. porn again. I'm sorry, ships and uh, BCCs, old 1970s porns by the sounds of it. <laughs> I'm talking about Debbie. Remember Debbie Dove's Dallas and all that shit. I mean, yeah, just does AEW. I, don't I mean, the battleships in them, but okay. <laughs> oh, there's battleships today. Don't worry about that. The old gray mare. She ain't. <laughs> uh, I wonder what she look. Is she still even alive? I, I I don't even want to ask any follow up questions. Moving yes, on. Fine. Moving on. Appreciate you asking. <laughs> oh, Touche. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's move on because, like he's like we said, Jimmy cracked corn, and I guess we don't care because backstage, Renee Paquette interviews the Death Triangle, as Pac says, he Ray Phoenix, not Phoenix. It's Phoenix, like FedEx, because I don't call him a Phoenix anymore. Wants real revenge for them. He should use a hammer. Hammer time. Just something to think about, guys. Should he be using a hammer? Just a ringkeeper's ring hammer. That's the only kind that works. It's very, yeah, and it's not that powerful, to be fair. It's a small hammer. I mean, you know, just so saying. At the end of all this, we're going to... At the end of all this, we're going to have to agree, though, that, you know, hashtag pack was right. So. Ah, fucking Peck was right. <laughs> and it's not hammer time, like Jeff said. It's fucking cracker walnut time as we get the fucking main event, which is, uh, thank God we're here, just quality guys. It is this not the main event. Oh, no, it wasn't. You're Wait, what? There's it was? two matches to go. Oh, you're right. See, this show's already dragging. It is Luchasaurus versus Kill Orange me. Cassidy, your champion, versus Ray Phoenix, like FedEx, not Phoenix. For your AEW All Atlantic Championship, this should have been the main event in my, in my opinion, because they went one too many more matches. Anyway, uh, I don't care, but I will say this: Cassidy ends up winning by pinfall with an orange punch on on Phoenix to retain his AEW All Atlantic Championship, earning a dream. I'll say that I'll use that term loosely: a dream match total defense of his choice in Atlantic City, and it's not bread. Just quietly. So let's just quickly say that they were the two side stories. Pack was trying to get Fenix to cheat. Fenix didn't want to. Apprehendos apparently is a good guy too. That cost Fenix, so dissension there. The other side story is Jungle Jack attacked Luchasaurus. Christian came out to distract him. Jungle Jack chased Christian, but then tried very hard, but ended up beating up Luchasaurus. Those, Those are your side stories. This just proves that TK really does not know how to fucking do, like, doesn't know how to write a story because this Luchasaurus fucking jumping bean, jelly bean, Jack Perry fucking jungle shit has been dragging on for way too long and we haven't seen anything different. Why haven't we seen some sort of vignette or someone breaking into each other's houses because it's that personal? Something. Give me something personal. Not the same old running, I get you. uh, It's like Tiggy. Fucking tagging each other back and forth with the same old shit. I'm over it already. Please, enough, Chris. Yeah, I mean this. Okay, like <laughs> the Luchasaurus and Jack Perry thing is at this point. What it reminds me of is it's like a book that's the size of Crime and Punishment, right? So <laughs> gigantic fucking book, right? Like, but just it's all this gnarly. But it has all the depth of like a haiku. It's, <laughs> it, it's just repeating over and over and over and over and over and over. 
it's not long-term storytelling because there's no it story is, being told. It's yes, just it long. It's just never-ending fucking nonsense between these the guys. The never-ending story, Chris. It's well, this was and that was written well. Story. The story was supposed to be Christian, but he tore his tricep, and they ha and and they refused to move off of this story. And what they should do is they should have had either Jack Perry injure Luchasaurus, so he's off, and Jack Perry goes to do something else, and then when Christian comes back by surprise, he costs Jack Perry something, raising the stakes. Or you do a, a, a loot, a Jungle Boy gets injured. Uh, kind of story and then Jungle Boy comes back in three and a half months gets his revenge on Luchasaurus over two months and by then Christian is back and then we get to that but they're just making it go on and on and on I mean it, it would actually be better if you had Jungle Boy win the All-Atlantic title have him do some side things and then you know we sort of forget about it and then Christian comes back and says I haven't forgotten about you boy you might have forgotten about me and and He's there with a the chair, and then when he's not looking, then Luchasaurus, you know, whatever, and then whatever. But this this is why we're getting this, this you know, the air traffic controller saying keep circling the airport because they, they can't possibly detour them anywhere else. But well, that's all there is to it. It's, it's, but it's it's not worth talking about because the, the match of the night, the match that caused all the controversy this week, the match where one guy who's a controversial possible podcast said oh god no and the entire aw women's locker room and peter avalon jumped on him like they were dusty roads and and uh, or he was dusty roads and they were the horsemen in 1983 and we're all kicking him while he was down um and so of course this was going to be a 10 or 12 minute showcase to show just how good marina shafir is and just how great this match could be or was it yeah yeah yeah, some, yeah. I will say this before we move on. I want to say one more thing about Jungle Jack fucking doofus. If that was smart, they should have had fucking, what's her name? Uh, Jane. Fucking, what's her name? He's miss, he's fucking girlfriend. What's her name again? Well, she's uh, Anna J-A-S. Ah, that's it. Anna J-A-S. If they wanted to add any sort of fucking substance and do wrestling 101, she should have been in his corner from the start. I'm talking about Jungle Boy. You know, they could have kidnapped her for you care. Like, and he, then he's on a mission to get her back something but otherwise just kill this shit just kill it now because it's going nowhere it will go yeah, nowhere. just move on until you can actually get to the next fucking right. chapter just forget about it just ah, forget about it but anyway shafia yeah get her off i don't even want to talk about her but i will say this post-match the bastard lights on cassidy and stomps a mud all in him as cuts yuri Shibata is here and he and he's got best friends and Rocky Romero with him as Pac takes his leave and Shibata confronts Orange. He wants a title match. Orange gives him the contract. It's official. It's a fucking orange versus a piece of bread this Friday on Rampage. He's excited. Who wins? The orange or the bread? He is pretty soft, just quietly, up here. I mean, I assume the guy who isn't under contract to AEW loses, but I mean, Tony probably not loves, in this world. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't care. I mean, J the flag of Japan is represented appropriately, of course, on the all Atlantic title belt. Actually, so, yeah. so why shouldn't Shibata, who his other dream opponent apparently is uh, Brian Danielson. Um, oh boy. Don't book that match for I, the sake of both of them. I see. 
I hear Shibata was something great in his time. I don't know. I don't follow Japanese wrestling. I don't even recognize the name. I sort of remember the story that a guy, you know, almost died in the ring and he can't be cleared. He's got an eggshell skull. And I know that he showed up at Forbidden Door and it was a moment for the 1% of the people who knew it and for 7% of people who pretended they knew it. The, the rest of the people either said nothing or said, I don't know the fuck that is. Um, <laughs> and they still don't because why would they? Um, so, you know, but I'm worried. I mean, I don't want to see a guy break his neck, but it's almost like inevitable in AEW that we're going to see someone break their neck on, on live TV. Um, and, you know, you know, and somebody out there saying, well, we already saw it happen to Big E. You're right. We did. We did. Sh- shit happens, but accidents happen, but some things are more foreseeable than others. I, I want to point out one thing. Sorry, Jeff. I just want to quickly say I before... I'm not saying anything intelligent. I really are. No, you actually were. But before he cracked his actual skull, no shit, he looked different, yeah? If you see him now, compared to what he looked right before he cracked his skull, they're two different guys, man. It's scary because I don't want to say he looks kind of deformed a little bit, but he doesn't look the same as he did before that skull fucking injury. Yeah, I, I truly mean that. He looked like a I, lot I, meaner. I think, I think that there's actually two different Shibatas. Just like there were like eight different Ultimate Warriors. I think there's actually two different Shibatas. The Renegade. You really? But can, can we please move on from this because nobody fucking cares. Well, look, I was a fan of Shibata. The Brit. No, no. I was an actual fan of his, but. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, just please don't die. Um, backstage, we get Tony Schiavone is hanging out with Rick Rouse and Shane Swerve Strickland. As Ross says, he's I'm here for boss. one reason. <laughs> I'm a boss. He's only here for one reason, to make sure Strickland is the biggest wrestler in the game and the biggest recording artist around, please. That's why he was laughing his fucking fat ass off. Anyway... Speaking of fat asses, we get Keith Lee then rolling up and shakes hands with Rick and Shane. Uh, he sets up an Atomicos match teaming with Gun Club against the Acclaimed and uh, FTR. And Lee reluctantly goes along with it. Yeah. But Lee Lee doesn't want to stay positive. He wants to know what, what Swerve was thinking. And he's asking, who was the cameraman? Who was the cameraman who was taking that shit? <laughs> Which is an interesting question, but are you supposed to be doing that in wrestling? I mean, like, like are you trying to like, like, get people, like, you know, to to snitch? Are you trying to get people, you know, to inculpate themselves in in? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because did you know Rick Ross was a former fucking uh, screw? And if you don't know what a screw is, uh, he was actually a prison guard, which he gets a lot of flack for. So there you go. There's your fucking snitches. Um, now you do. What what would Rick Ross have done that I would have known? And is he another person that they should have promoted in advance that was on the show so that people yeah. who were this might have watched? Yeah, and I'll give credit this time to TK. Uh, first of all, he actually brought someone that's actually relevant and not someone that was relevant 30 years ago uh, in Trina and Fabulous. So at least he's got someone that people are aware of today, not fucking yesterday. That's one. Two, you're right. No promotion. I didn't know fucking Rick Ross was going to be on. So, yeah, who cares? I guess like the, fucking... Like, social media impressions after the fact are very much a secondary stat 
to a show that desperately wants to get over a million going into contract renewals. And if this guy, if 150,000 people would tune in just to see Rick Ross, they would have been safely over a, a million against the World Series. It's AW and Tony Khan, Jeff. I mean, I mean, Lamar hey, Jackson was hey, there hey. from the Ravens, and, but you know and he that, didn't even want to show his face. Right. And, hey, and do you guys remember when? Uh, do you guys remember when that WrestleMania main event happened? And um, it was Stone Cold and uh, and Shawn Michaels, and then out of nowhere, Mike Tyson came out to be the referee, and nobody knew about it beforehand, and it was just like a big surprise that he was there. You guys remember that? You guys remember that He wore a mask, and they're like, "Who was that mask man?" He goes, "It's Tyson. It's Tyson." Yeah, exactly. Because unlike fucking WWE, you know, WWE actually did fucking promote. You know, they got their shit together and promoted that shit. Unlocked TK. That's what I was meant to say. I know they know the concept because they promoted the hell out of it with Shaq, but maybe it was the NBA on TNT that did that. Maybe they don't know because they keep having these rappers on. And listen, I don't know what rappers are big or aren't big, but if they're big enough that, you know, a a few 10,000 people will watch, that makes a difference. I've heard of West Side Gun, so I imagine people will tune in just to see what he's up to, to see if he gets in the ring. They never do, um, which is fine. it, I just don't understand if, if they have this sort of underground celebrity culture. I mean, even Impact promoted the hell out of D'Angelo Williams. No one cared because he was, at the time, he was like a third-string, underachieving Dude. running back on the Carolina Panthers. But, uh, you know... And that's a big get for Impact Wrestling. I mean, even AEW at one stage, and I think, and I'm not saying this because I'm being biased, right? But the biggest celebrity name they've ever had on their show was Giannis Atatikumbo. All right. No, it was Mike Tyson and Shaquille O'Neal. Oh. Those were the biggest. Oh, okay. All right. I'm talking about in today's fucking like sporting fucking landscape, right? Not in the past. But you're I right. I will tell you that I, will, I understand what you said. I will still say Mike Tyson and Shaquille O'Neal are both bigger stars than whoever that guy is. That's uh, debatable. They are. Because, no, no, Shaq. Yeah, no, he's right. He's right. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, everybody I agree, who, but... every, every single person who knows who Giannis is knows who Shaq is. But Absolutely. not every single person who knows who Shaq is knows who Giannis is. <laughs> do you really think that? He, Exhibit I mean, A. Dude, 100%. Right next no, 100%. He, every single t- person who knows who Giannis is also knows who Shaq is. Of like, course. Sha- Absolutely. So yeah. Shaq is much more famous than Giannis. Much mm. more famous. Oh, well, look, overall, fuck yeah. You can't compare it, really. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. but in terms of today's sportsmen that are still active right now, in my opinion, Azatikumbo is definitely the biggest thing they had, right, on television, and they still didn't even promote it. So I'm sure. just saying, you know what I mean? So, uh, well, Lamar Jackson I mean, might be in a similar stratosphere. I'm not sure. I mean, he's a he's the top NFL quarterback, but he wasn't promoted either. And you know he didn't buy a ticket. And he didn't want to show his fucking face. He no, he left the camera minutes into the show. Yeah, man. I mean, literally, when the camera went to pan in, it, two seconds later, you see him with his head down, and then the camera's like, whoa, let's get back. And then they never mentioned it again. And you know they paid him $25,000 to send the car <laughs> and said, just, 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 just show up, let's put the camera on you. Because he was leaving. That's when the camera, everyone's chanting. I'm like, what are they chanting? Is there a fight? I'm like, no, there's not a fight going on. And I hear they're going MVP. I'm like, MVP? What? 
It's MVP. <laughs> I actually thought it was like you know MVP. Montel Montanius Porter. Yes. I'm like, what? Huh? I'm like, uh, is this racist? Do they think some guy looks like? <laughs> what the hell's going on here? And then I see it. It's like, it's like every <laughs> black guy in the crowd. Every <laughs> single time they show a black guy. No, it's just like they might be a three-piece suit, you know, sort of big with a walking stick, some cool shades on. You know, <laughs> you calling me a pimp now? No. Hey, well, to be fair, you know what? All the celebrities they have had on have been black, actually. Now that I think about it, has there um, been any white celebrities like proper? I don't uh, think there has. Uh, Jericho's father, does he count? <laughs> well, know. hey, he was a big I'm deal Canadian. back in the day. <laughs> no, no, I'm Canadian. And Why? No. Because he was before our time? I mean, isn't he a Stanley uh, yes. Cup winner multiple times? I, I don't know the answer to your question. I think I, twice. I, we, can think, we can think about it, but I, I think at an hour and 41 minutes and we still have two matches to go, we can move off of yeah, well, talking, yeah. any right, celebrities and AEW events. Well, you know, that's just him playing the fucking, I'm not racist card. That's what that is anyway, if that's the truth. like No, it's, it's, only it's, been... it's, it's playing it's the 130 card. <laughs> Whatever. But speaking of, uh, we do get another matchup, and really we can just skip right past this. But it is Jade Cargill, your AEW TBS champion, versus Marina Shitbitch Shafir. And uh, yeah, nothing to really say other than Nola doing the helicopter at the end of the match. No, there's plenty to say because they, this whole <laughs> yeah, matchup, they, they wanted to take our attention away from the match. Yeah. With Nyla Rose doing commentary in her, his awful voice <laughs> with no charisma. Terrible, but just they had to distract us from the match they knew was a disaster and they, they never should have booked in the first place. The whole thing was to, to get to Nyla beating her up and still having the, 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 the TBS belt, the one belt they can't make two of. And they, they didn't even do that. No, they didn't. Well, and and how, do you have a, how do you have a title defense where your champion doesn't have the title? Uh, yeah, good question. What would have happened if Marina Shafir won this championship, but then there's no <laughs> physical championship that she can fucking grab at the end of it? This, this whole fucking thing. Do you think Nyla so would have run away from her too? I maybe. I don't maybe. know. That's a tough question. That's actually a good question. Maybe not. Like, like, did did Jade even get her car back? Did they steal her car last? Oh, yeah, week? true. You're right. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I didn't think she cared. I, I mean, you have a segment like that and you don't even bother to address it? No, because you have like 93 stories happening in a two-hour show. <laughs> it's Tourette's. Can we call it Tourette's booking? Maybe that's fucking more appropriate for this show. You I mean, seriously. I'm going to stick with seismic. I'm going to stick with <laughs> oh, the right. geological term because I, yeah, I think, you're I think right. the earth is... I don't think the earth can get any more pissed off than it already is. Well, as soon as I saw Nyla Rose come out, I felt the earth move under his feet. Just... Was that just quietly? Just quietly. That wasn't my phone ringing. That was just bad internet. But let's just fucking move on from this shit. All yeah. we're saying is, he's a man, a real man's man. No, all you're Simple. saying. Well, all I'm saying. If Jeff doesn't want all to take I'm it. All I'm saying. Yeah, Jeff doesn't need to take it. I'm the one who said it. <laughs> I, it oh, we don't need to take body. it either, if you know what I'm saying. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> the answer to all your questions is penis. Forget it. <laughs> Let's fucking get the fuck out of this match. Anyway, uh, post-match, match, post match though, quickly, I just will say this. We do get... I know who my TBS champion is, just saying. And we also get a House of Black 
vignette that we were saying earlier that seems to present Julie Hart as in mourning and that Malaka, Black, Brody King and Buddy Matthews are apparently all dead and buried and, uh, un- and an unfamiliar voice speaks about death and rebirth as Malachi cuts him to ask forgiveness from the Black Father and we go to a break. Uh, I thought the promo yeah. was cool. I don't know what the fuck it meant. And Who's I don't the Black remember, Father though? Well, I don't remember seeing Buddy Matthews at all. I saw Brody King. I saw Malachi Black. I saw Julia Hart. Never saw Buddy. Maybe he's uh, missing. Uh, the Black Father. Maybe, maybe that'll be Miro. Maybe he's the. Uh, I mean, <laughs> as, as long as it's not Evil Uno. <laughs> Vampiro, please. Uh, as good it as that be- sounds. He's Doesn't got he have Alzheimer's. Like dementia or Alzheimer's yes. or something. Like, yes. Like he gets lost driving all the time and yeah, like people. That's true. Him. Very true. And as a matter of fact, as good as that did sound, it just can't happen because the guy is losing his mind, unfortunately. But uh, yeah. Um, anyway, let's talk main event. It is that big guy, Brian Cage, who for whatever reason makes it to a dynamite main event versus the other big Samoan dude in Samoa Joe for your ring of. This is Dead Set Ring of Honor for your Ring of Honor World Television Championship. Mind you, you had your AW World Champion third on the card. And here we are with the Ring of Honor title again, main eventing. Not the title, but a title. Main eventing. Because the Ring of Honor World Championship was defended earlier also. Right. Jeff, should we be worried? Are we getting Ring of Honor Dynamite? (laughs) It feels like it's taking over, dude. I'm not going to lie. It's literally, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know. Um, All all, all I know is that there's way too many belts. None of them feel important anymore. We have a women's title that is an interim's title. It's been an interim title. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Five or six months now. You've got a world champion who's on way too much defending against anybody who asks for a match. Very WWE-like. They don't even deserve it's worse and he, than that. And he's in tag team matches as well for no particular reason. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. It's like NWA has like more titles than they actually have people under contract, but it's NWA. They're desperate. Um, I, I don't get it. But this whole match, you just knew it. It, it was to get to the point where. The, the bad guy loses, the other bad guys come in and beat him up, and then Wardlow comes down to do the rescue, and then Hobbs, who may or may not be with the embassy, but t- clearly totally is with the embassy, you know, uh, you know, get, gets involved too and beats them up, and, you know, and then, you know. Yeah. It, it, it was exactly, you knew what the end was going to be, so it felt like a long time getting there. It felt slow and clumsy getting there. It felt I, like a three-hour roar, and it wasn't even three hours. I'm not going to lie. For me, it did anyway. I liked the House of Black promo. I liked the visual at the end with Hobbs standing over with the TNT title. Finally, someone gives a damn about the TNT title. It looks like it's an actual challenge, but... It's too messy with all of this other shit going on around it. You got Prince Nana running around. You got the, you, the nobody really knows their names. It's it's no longer Khan. It's Bishop Khan. It's Toa Leona, Tonga Leona, whatever his name is. Tongue Twister Leona. Tongue Twister Leona. Like why isn't he with the bloodline? He's stuck here. He's like, you know, he's like the he's like a. He's the one that's at the kiddie table. He's, he's you know, the head of the table. Oh, that's he's, sound, right? he's, he's like at the kiddie table in like the outside porch in winter. Um, anyway, anyway, that's 
this was a silly match. You knew where it was going to get, and it, you know, what, yeah. And there was more outside interference. More outside yeah. interference, lots of it. As usual, there's not just one thing of outside interference. There's double outside interference. But you know, the interesting part was that Hobbs now has three gold chains, not one. But he managed to get all three in that ridiculously sharp yellow gold color that can't <laughs> possibly be real. That's fucking fake as shit, Jeff. <laughs> I'm telling you. Anyway, speaking of fake, fuck this match, fuck this show. I don't even want to give my comments on this shit. I don't care about the post-match. I don't care, and I love some old Joe, just quietly, and I like Hobbs yeah. too. But they've taught me, thank you, TK, you have absolutely taught me to not give a shit about these guys anymore. So I say it's a wrap. So, Jeff, tell them where they can find you, my friend. Right down there, you can see where you can find me at Twitter. You can find me here, oftentimes at the PWC, oftentimes with Jimmy T, sometimes with Chris. You never know. And and our other rotating cast of ne'er do wells who visit. Um, uh, you can see me on the Dollar uh, Wrestling Club. Well, it's not really me; it's an alter ego. Uh, when you can see the title match, uh, I also do a wrestling show with Big Daddy Cool Steve Pena called Hammerlock Hangover that we missed last week. <laughs> so. Um, but, but we're going to do a show this week. Um, and then non-wrestling, my baby is Garden of Doom. Uh, dropped a, a lot of Spooktober shows. And this week I'm debating I'm between my show with the Shaman or my deep dive into Babylon 5. I can't decide. It's going to be one of them. They're both recorded. I'm recording two more shows this week. Uh, the Felum Anthropology Conference was last week. So that's in the, in the rear view. That's nice. My 10-pound speaking engagement, I just donated to the church. So I keep it. I don't know what 10 pounds is. I, I, I think it's like $6. I'm not sure. Uh, so I guess that's whatever. I'm more 10 pounds British. Um, oh, and Garden Views, I dropped the show. Uh, yes, I, I put them on October hiatus for spooky shows for Garden View. There's an equally spooky show for Garden Views on death and estate taxes and estate planning. So check that shit out. Well, indeed, check that shit out. Chris, Mr. Super Puppy himself, tell them where they can find you, my friend. It's definitely well, not fucking in AEW, that's for sure. <laughs> no. Uh, no. I will not be signing a contract with AEW anytime, anytime soon. Um, yeah, for the next couple of months here, it's going to be a little bit quiet for me just because I got some shit I got to do in December. Uh, I got to get myself ready for it. Um, but... Other than that, you can always find me on uh, on the Twitter. I am uh, Chris Ams One, and uh, yeah, just uh, look me up and uh, say what's up. Other than that, don't look for me. <laughs> don't look for me. He'll look for you. But in saying that, if you want to follow me on the Twitter, as Jeff, oh sorry, as Chris said, you can. At DJ Mass Effects and also at the PWC Network. Please like and subscribe right here at the PWCnetwork.podbean.com where you can find all our shows. Please like and subscribe also at channelattitude.com because for five bucks you get to listen to us talk all things AEW and AEW Rampage. That's right, for five fucking bucks you can't go wrong. And I'm sure we're going to get a good Rampage this week. So, I mean, I'm hoping it's better than Dynamite. By all means, it looks like it. And also, it'll like, be shorter. it'll be shorter. Yeah, it'll be definitely shorter. But not with us. We give it longer fucking shit. In saying that, though, also like and subscribe at Hamid Media Group and the Blow Off Pod and the PW Hustle and everywhere else. You know how it is. In saying that, I'm Jimmy T. He's Evil Dose. He's Super Dad. And you're listening and watching 
the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here on the PWC Network. And we're out for crying out loud. Thank God. See you the fuck later and peace. Pockets getting fatter, uh, nigga, we getting greater. I'm the son of a saint, still considered a sinner. Three rings on his finger, yeah, that boy was a winner. Never known as a singer, but this might be a single. Always bet on your homies, then go bat a casino. Ball is my passion, check the stats if they ask it. Shorty checking my page, she followed my fashion. My life is a film. And Gab's the lead She's so precious to me As the air that I breathe Time to fuel up the jet D-Way jersey to drip Lamborghinis to match Got three G's on the strip These haters beneath us As I'm lacing my sneakers Season 16 Lamborghinis and Nemas I'm shooting my shot Every car that I cock 
Every record I break, every rock in my watch, every step that I take, still won't stop no mistakes. I'm talking major league, never minimum wage. So proud to be niggas, the descent of a slave. Motorcade, several Mercedes, so get out my way. Tangerine, still in my slippers, still twisting up dank. Shed a tear for all my homies, black boy in the gates. Let's find a masseuse, then inspire the youth. If it's best for the hood, then let's call it a truce. My chains get tangled. These niggas be hateful. My mama still praying, so really I'm grateful. I'm still here, looking through the window, watching the days go by, watching the sunrise. Why don't you try? Ah 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 I'm still here, looking through the window, watching the days go by, watching the sunrise. Why don't you try? I promised to pray for a positive fate. Had the world in your palms, but he caught him a case. Shed a tear in the court, he got boxed in the crate. Then they shook him up north. Mom just sat in the days. The bottles on ice, the models be nice. We call it running shoot, any problems tonight. Serve them like Boris Becker. I want 200 checkers. So if they want to slow our records, it just won't affect us. Take my boys to Mecca. Well, my niggas bless Smoking with my dogs. You can smell the relish, they try to give me hell I bet I get to heaven, I stay away from 12 I'm such a gifted felon, I'm seated on the floor She can see the loafers Showing love to the season ticket holders Showing love to the season ticket holders Showing love to the season ticket holders We do this for the city, you What? The whole city I'm still here Looking through the window, watching the days go by, watching the sunrise. Why don't you try? Ah 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 ah. I'm still here, looking through the window, watching the days go now, how's by, it feel, watching the sunrise. Why don't how's you try? How's it feel? Yeah, it feel great, baby. I, I know it was in South Beach until I got an NBA. I just want you to know that, my boy. Hey, listen, we put on for the city. 16 years, five finals, three rings. We put those trophies over our head. We put on for the... Let me calm down, man, Fart. Don't calm I'll say down, something ride up in this booth. I'll say something up in this booth, man. You ain't the motherfucking Mr. 305, nigga. Do what you do. Nigga, I got my own county. Man. Listen, the love in this city has been crazy, man. I appreciate it, dog. Thanks for giving my own county. I told these niggas, man, you got the beast. I got cross that bridge. Nigga <laughs> can't play with us, man. I can't do nothing right here, bro. Hey, Ross. Man, they nothing but love, baby. Big homie, you know what it is. Always. The PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to.